Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Jim Kawakami, the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area. Jim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who's covered the NBA for over two decades, and more specifically the Golden State Warriors over the last 12 years. This is the TK Show. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from a different version of the home studio. It's a whole Guy Habermanized version of this. We're upstairs in a different room. Uh, he's got all these electronics going, and this is a very unique episode of TK Show. Same feed, same Tim Kawakami. Uh, Guy Haberman's a friend of mine, uh, and we're going to talk about kind of a new thing I'm doing here with the TK Show. Uh, pulling it out of the athletic. Thank you to the athletic for letting the feed go. Uh, and we're taking it to Odyssey, Odyssey Podcasting. And it's going to be the TK Show, which everyone knows, uh, interviews. And there's going to be a couple others. I brought Guy in here to talk about that. I wanted Guy to ask me some questions. I want him to grill me on this stuff. Like, why am I doing this? What is this? Isn't it going to fail? All these things we know Haberman's good at. Uh, and talk about sports in general. Talk about Bay Area sports. Why I think this could work. Why he thinks where this could go. He th- and and I, I have Guy here because I listen to and respect and like the Haberman Milkoff podcast. I've been clear about that. been big fans for a long time. Uh, used to employ John Milkoff. <laughs> yeah, I used to edit his coffee. And I've known these guys for a long time. I uh, respect what guy, the way he thinks, the way he charts passes in 49ers training camp. And I just wanted him to come. Like, let's, let's talk about what this is. Let's talk about Bay Area sports in the, own, in, in the way that guy want to do. Guy, you're free to ask me anything. I might ask you some questions about the podcast life. Uh, I'm not leaving The Athletic. I'm still writing. Let me make that clear. Uh, but anything else, Guy, uh, let's just go. Let's have a conversation about what this is, where it might be going, and what, what your thoughts on it are. So you've picked your own interviewer. I did. So I'm I, like state media <laughs> then for this. You were the first pick, though. Okay. Well, you know, might have like if Steph Curry wanted to do it, maybe him. But uh, after Steph, maybe it was you. Maybe it was you, Guy. I think Leica would be a good investigative <laughs> reporter. Actually, yeah, she's curious about this stuff. Yeah. No question. The people who are curious about that kind of the business of what I'm doing, John Lynch... Joe Lacob, Bob Myers. Like, they're fascinated in where this is going. But that tells you about them, too, right? They're thinking about what's around the corner. John Lynch just turned down how much money? 
16 million a year, yeah. I think. And Bob, Bob actually, what do you think of Bob Myers on TV so far? He's been more energetic than I thought. Like he's, I think they're telling him, like, get into it. Don't just sit there. Yeah. And I think Bob wants to be good. He's done UCLA radio, so he's or TV or whatever it was long ago. But I, I may or may not have Bob on uh, the TK show relatively soon. I'm not guaranteeing anything, and I want to. I just what I sense from him is he wants to be good. He wants to be in it. He doesn't want to just be a layover. It probably is a one or two year layover for him. He's probably going to be running a team somewhere, but. I think he's into it, which is good. You have to be into it. You can't just be a dead piece of, you know, they're paying $2 million a year just to sit there. So I appreciate that he's trying to be good. And I think he's, like, perceptive. Obviously, he's Bob Myers. So we'll see how long he wants to do that. But it's been good so far. Okay, so now that I'm in charge of this podcast you are, for you, now. You are. We've talked about it just a little bit, but I'm not even exactly clear what it is that we're doing here um, or what it is that you're doing here and here being, like, this feed. So the TK Show... I checked this morning. You're doing like an episode every two weeks, right? An late, interview every late, two weeks. Lately, lately, okay. yeah, yeah. So what what's happening here on on? Let me start you with a state and media question. What is happening here on this feed? What's happening is it's going to be the TK Show feed. I'm going to do the TK Show probably more than once every two weeks. That's specifically a TK Show. Interviews with newsmakers. Interviews with people I just like to talk to. Uh, the, the same thing you've known I've been doing since starting the Mercury News and. 20 was it 2014 whatever it was Jim Harbaugh was the first guest uh the couple weeks after he left the 49ers so whenever the hell that was I can't even remember 2015 February 2015 um but I'm also going to expand the feet and I just been dying to do a 49ers show I think anyone who follows me on social media anybody knows me I love 49ers content when you do it with on your podcast the various other I listen to all of them and I want more and I want to be part of it so I'm going to launch a 49ers show we're going to call it 49ers plus minus you can ask me about that title it's going to be me and Matt Barros uh, and we're going to be part of the TK show feed so you will subscribe to TK show you will get the TK show you will get 49ers plus minus and there's going to be a third show and this is the one I really love it just struck me as an idea and I've loved it ever since I've brought it up to other people and they like it uh, including people who whose names you know. Uh, it's going to be about the Bay Area and L.A. sports scenes. We're going to call it North and South, and it's going to the plan. It's not officially the plan. I have authorization to say the plan is to be with Dylan Hernandez as the co-host. He's the L.A. Times columnist. Used to work up here. I worked with him at the San Jose Mercury News. Uh, funny guy. He's covered the Dodgers. He's all over Shohei Otani. Speaks Japanese fluently. Uh, which kind of scares the uh, the angels, I think, because he used to go to both press conferences in Japanese and in, in English. Uh, he's all over the football scene. He's, uh, you know, he's sarcastic. He's funny. I sit down and have conversations with him at press boxes, and I think, why isn't this a podcast? Mm. We were planning this show and just the steps to it, and then he's grilling me about Gabe Kapler, who was about to be fired at the time, who he knows from the Dodgers, and I was grilling him about Brandon Staley, Chargers, like, and it's like, Dylan, we just did the podcast. Right, right? We just did the first podcast. Um, I'm dying now because I would love to talk, be talking about USC and Lincoln Riley. I'd love <laughs> to be talking about what the hell's going on with the Dodgers. I'd love to, like, this is just so perfect for me. I think it's natural, and I think Dylan's going to be great. And I told Dylan, like, you should be bigger. Like, there sh- you should be, Plashke's the number one guy in LA, obviously. I probably couldn't afford Plashke to be my co-host. Maybe, I could have thought about it, but... Uh, Dylan can be big. He is so talented. He's big. He should be bigger. 
and I hope this is part of him becoming a bigger star. This also will be part of TK Show feed. So if you, you know, you've, you've seen it with other podcast feeds, there's a general feed, and then there's kind of specific podcasts that go along with it. You can get all of them on one feed. What I'm promising myself, what I'm kind of promising Odyssey, is two of those three will run every week. Or it might be two 49ers podcasts. Or it might be two TK shows. Whatever, however we break it down, I'll guarantee two on that feed every week. I'm thinking likely it'd be more than two, but at least two. And, uh, you know, after every 49er game, obviously the Monday will be me and Barrows bringing it down. And plus minus is kind of the, the title that he wanted. It has nothing to do with football. So it was, certainly there's a reference to Warriors plus minus. Uh, which I co-own with Marcus Thompson, which is staying at The Athletic. But I like the idea that we want to give you some of the same things that Warriors Plus Minus does, kind of the inside stuff, the locker room. What did it really mean when McCaffrey said this? What's Kyle's real relationship with Steve Wilkes or with whoever? I think that's what Warriors Plus Minus gives, people who are in there. Uh, There are other people who do it. I think Barros and I could do it really well. Uh, Just not, not just takes not just reporting some of the combination of that uh, interpretation or here's when I asked the stuff that I love on words plus minus like Marcus said I went up to Steph and I said hey what are you doing out there and Steph said oh yeah my left hand dribble. just that stuff I would love to get out on a podcast I've been dying to do it Barros rejected my title four Niners conspiracies so <laughs> uh, that's the one I've been touting for a year or so but I'm really looking forward to all these um, and hopefully we'll be getting up very soon. This is We're recording this, the 49ers bye week. I don't know when we can get this up. I am dying to do it, so I, that's why I dragged you here, Guy. Let's just get this up. Let's start talking about it, and then it'll just be populating the feed. Okay, so why is TK Show independent, but Warriors Plus Minus remains with The Athletic? Well, war, The Athletic has a very strong opinion about Warriors Plus Minus, as it should. It's really good. It's a good show. Uh, is it the so, best show they produce, you think? Uh, I don't know. Best is, you know. I, I mean, is it one of the top? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the biggest numbers for local teams. They're basically uninterested in any other local podcast. TK Show kind of falls into this weird, you know, it, it's hard to categorize. And that's why they're having a hard time categorizing. TK Show, I think, by numbers would be fine for them. They just don't. They want everything to be NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB. That's it. Like, everything has a category. Very few local shows, Wars Plus Minus, because of the numbers that draws, which are very large. Um, and because Marcus and I co-own it, um, has a different feel to them. I am hard for them to categorize in, in a lot of ways. I don't want to get too far into this. I'm staying at The Athletic, but it's the hard second for th- time you've said that. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to make sure people realize that. Uh, but And you can ask me all you want about that, but I, I'm hard for them to categorize. They, they've moved away from the local kind of emphasis which is how this started which is what i loved about it like let's just win in the bay area and they've gone away from that fine we're, bay area is still really good for them but they don't think like that anymore uh so tk shows hard for them that's fine that's their decision i told them that's your decision then i want this to live and breathe somewhere else where it can grow it can expand i might actually get paid for it um in a way that, that did not occur at the athletic that's all fine. They've been good. They've been good to say, okay, go do it. And now I'm going to go do it. It's, I do think you need to do podcast. I'm not speaking to anybody who doesn't know this. I think podcasts are in a, in a realm that has to be away from old media. And I count the athletics all media. They get mad at me when I say that, but 
the athletic. They were just it was yeah. just new media. It was new media, and it turned old media really fast. That's fine. New York Times is old media as you're going to get. I'll, I'm not arguing any of that. That had to happen, but I don't think. Other than their podcast, by the way, their podcast is incredible. The New York Times podcast is incredible. So it's this weird little kind of convergence. The Athletic was not a good place for local podcasts, and they're basically saying so. I think to let these things take off, it has to be away from the Athletic. They're, they're, I mean, I'm not saying anything that they disagree with. They might disagree with me saying it on this podcast. At this point, too bad. Uh, I don't think that any of this was going to work with them. Uh, plus minus Warriors plus minus works just because it's a great podcast and Warriors are so big and and I appreciate all that and it's staying there uh, but for me to do anything else and I'll continue to be on Warriors plus minus but for me to do anything else that, in the podcast world which I think is only growing and growing because I listen to them like crazy the freaking middle I hate to say this but the middle, Haberman Milkoff podcast hits I'm listening to like in 30 seconds I don't do the Good. YouTube stuff but I want to hear it. As long I as you do one, yeah, I want to hear it. I don't. I don't do the rankings and ratings and all that stuff. I'm sorry about that, but um, I want that content. Sometimes I get in my car specifically just to listen to a podcast or two podcasts. Uh, I was talking. Wait, to you Kurt. sit in your car? Well, just no, to... just like I make up a trip. Like, okay, hey, you know what? Do it. I really need so? Ah, you know what? I talked. Steve, Kerr, I was talking to Kerr about this. Kerr's getting into podcasts, and he was saying the same thing. Like, he'll just go walk his dog. Because he wants, you know, he might listen to a little slightly higher elevated podcast than I do. Uh, he was asking for my recommendations, and I was, I think I was disappointing him with the ones I was listening to. I just got a new one. I can't wait to recommend him. The Paul McCartney one, where it's just him talking with somebody about how he wrote, like, specific songs. Oh, I just listened to the first one, Eleanor Rigby. He's like, he's not going note for note on it, That's but great. it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. And the next one is back in the USSR, you know. He's going through like See, that's each what I, podcast is him talking that's about great. how he made it. I love that's that what song. I love about musicians on Stern because Stern plays them some of a song mm -hmm. and then they explain it. Yep, right. Yep. That's really cool. And I, interesting, you bring up Stern because not that I model. You know, you can't model anything after him. But I'd say he and Dan Pasher were the two that I really have in mind. Because if you go on Stern, you know you have to talk about certain things. You're not ducking. Your publicist isn't getting in the way. You are, you know, in sex life, whatever. It's for Howard. But there's a understanding. And I like that. I think there's a lot of guests who think that about me. Like, I got to go in. I got to go for real. Like, you they, know. Yeah. There's not a, I'm not going to be chuckling about something for 20 minutes. But do you think people think you're an instigator, like intentionally No, no, an no not like Howard. Again, it's different. But Patrick is maybe more closely to my model because dan it's a conversation you know they, it goes to where it's supposed to go i always liked being on with dan i haven't been on in a while kind of had a little fight but about what uh he was on my show i really looked forward to it it was i was so happy to do it and then he said something about cow herd and you know because they were kind of taking little mm -hmm. shots back then and then this is back in the mercury news days and then his producer called up and said dan doesn't want that on and you know how many times anyone has said that to me ever in the history of me doing this podcast? I'm guessing just once. Zero. Yeah. Mark Davis doesn't do it. Jed York doesn't do it. You know, and he, I just didn't like the way that came about off. I didn't like being asked to. I said, you're a broad, I told this producer, he's a broadcaster. What the hell's he doing? But we took it out, out of the, you know, I'm, these are guests. I'm asking them on. I didn't like it. I've talked about it. I don't, and I think he's heard about it. I think I've been on once or twice since then. That's all cool. It's all part of the game. But I like, like, the two things. 
how you know listen if, I'm, I'm you know i'm not howard stone i'm not gonna go down those roads but there's a certain understanding like you know if i have let's say i have farhan's IED on we're gonna talk about the failings or we're gonna talk about his relationship with gabe kapler we're gonna talk, you know whatever you know the obvious stuff and i'm not saying no one else does but i'm just saying I like the understanding, the feeling that if you come on my show, there's a certain you're, you're coming for the whole thing about sports, about what your decisions are. I like with Patrick, it's the conversation. Let's let's just get into a conversation. Uh, I had Garoppolo on, and I, I think it's the only podcast. Maybe he's been on others, but first one like that, and he's like at the end of it, like, well, wow, that was great. It was just a conversation, like exactly. Like that's the whole point. If you're having a conversation, you can there's more things you get to than you would just question, answer, question, answer. Those drive me crazy. Uh, and the other thing that I'll tell you, other drives me crazy. Someone gets a good guest on, they talk over them. I hate that. I, sw- I really hope I don't do that. And I don't think I do. It's the guest you make the best, the guest. I will say, I feel I have felt slightly limited on that though, because I'm so committed to that. Then I can't really talk myself about what I feel. I do that in columns. I do that in blog, whatever. But I don't do on the show a little bit. But like, just what do I think about the 49ers right now? Well, this this feed, the 49ers plus minus feed, if that's what we end up calling it, but I think we are, uh, is going to be part of that. And the and North and South, I think, is really going to be me and Dylan Hernandez. Is kind of like we want to challenge each other about each other's the thing, each other's covers, some of the overlap. Um, and it's just going to be more like, okay, informed conversation where the conversation goes. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I like all three. I love the ideas and I want to see where it takes me. Is there a world where you stop writing? There's like a- given the, like, it's kind of a question about you and it's kind of a question about media yeah. trends. But is there a world where you're not Tim Kawakami and the first thing is writer? I think there probably is. I mean, in my mind, I'm always a writer. Like, I was an editor and a writer when we launched the Bay Area. Uh, it was an incredible amount of work, and I don't want to Is that do why it you stopped, or was there no, they took else? it away from me, but they took it away from everybody locally, but if I, they knew. They didn't even have to ask if I had a choice between the two. There's no question. I don't want to be an editor. I don't want to be like them. don't want to be mean about this, but I do not think like them. I think that's what made me a pretty good editor, but I think like a writer. I, I defend writers. Ask Ethan about Ethan's trust about that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your contract with the Athletic? I do not have a contract with the Athletic. Interesting that you ask. Uh, I they have asked to extend. I extended a couple years ago. Extended again, and I have since said I don't want to. I have no contract. I am just every day. That's it. Uh, what do they call it? At will. And I wanted it that way. And you know, if they don't like me. I'm gone, and I don't like them. I'm gone. I purposely set it up that way. Do you uh, think that your salary? I'm assuming you're on the higher end of their salaries. Put you at risk yeah, with the company. You know that's okay. And that's one. You know, I, I don't want this to get too bad, but like I've done okay. So the bet was on myself, and as many of us, Mark. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, given yeah. the view from this, <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in a place, a pretty good place here. Uh, I don't want to sound cavalier. I don't want to sound, but. I'm in a good spot where I don't think my future is, you know, I'm, I'm not worried. I like riding at the athletic. I like being at the athletic. I think it's fair to say that the two people who brought me in are no longer part of the company. The co-founders, Alex Mather and Adam Hansman, are friends of mine. That's true. 
but I, you know, I, I've talked to the people at New York Times. I, they, they respect what's happening. Um, is there a day that I'm not at the athletic? There, there could be. I mean, eventually, we're all going to, you know, Kyle is the Shanahan. athletic going to make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, New York Times buying them guaranteed the ethics. I mean, that's. I think that was the only thing that was in question was the pandemic. You know, that was a shock to everybody. They, the athletic got through that. Once the athletic got through that, I think everything was generally going to be fine. And New York Times spent $550 million for it. That's like, that's an entity that's going to last for a while. There are going to be some issues with how that merger works. And is the athletic more like the athletic? Is it more like the New York Times? That's, they're going through that. That's part of it. They, they're really intent on categorizing everybody. That's, what, that's just what they do. Fine. They're having a hard time categorizing me. Really having a hard time. I don't like getting categorized. So I'm not doing it for them. You see what I do. This is the work that I do. Mostly pretty good. And I don't know that anybody who sits down with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know anybody who sits, you know, Steve Kerr said it. I didn't need, he didn't need to on my podcast. I'm not doing any other podcast, but yours. He said it. Um, why is that, Tim? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Why do you think those guys talk to you? You know, Kyle, I think, is specific, and it might be illustrative of the whole thing, but it's very specific to Kyle. Kyle has told me he likes it's a conversation. It's a back and forth. If he goes off on some wild thing, I'll follow him there. I don't have another question. Is it, okay, it's great that you said something crazy about your quarterback, and now I need to ask you about the defensive end. Like, what did you say? Wait, where are we going? He likes that. It's not, I mean, I don't know that his other, like he obviously goes on KMBR all the time, whatever. And I'm not saying those are stilted, but I think those are more stilted than my conversations with him. And he likes that there's, I think a lot of these This guys, is what's great about podcasts, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he what he likes, yeah, there's air to it. He likes that it can go different directions. Yeah, I was, but, but again, like, other people yeah, do yeah, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. The, the, he, again, he thinks I know what I'm talking. I mean, I, I don't want to slap myself on my back and quote him on this, but there was some understanding that I know what I'm talking about. And so if I challenge him, when I challenge him, it's not coming out of like some rinky-dink, hot take world. Like, what the hell are you doing with Steve? You know, it would be. That's what, Why is he here? What's your level of confidence? I did ask him that recently. Um, that he appreciates it's not, again, my understanding, I don't, he has not said these words to me, but it's that it's not going to be, you know, PR. That's, they like that too. It's not PR. They, sometimes I think these guys get tired of that. They don't want the kiss ups. They don't want just the shill in-house stuff. They want some give and take. And, but it's, they don't want it to be something from somebody who's just throwing bombs or, doesn't know how to continue a conversation. I think that's part of it. It's like, how do you continue a conversation? How do you keep this going there? And I think I'm okay at that. And I didn't know I was going to be, I thought I'd be pretty good at that, but I know what should come next or where this, you know, with big personalities, particularly with big personalities that they're going to go, they're going to go their way. But then when are they are are they okay? Wait a minute! <laughs> like, what are you saying here? I don't not saying I've said that often with Shannon or Kerr or Joe Lacob or whatever, but Harbaugh. But like people thought that Harbaugh and I didn't like each other when he was co- when I was covering 49ers, he was there. 
we would have moments of great tension, but we we had we respected each other. I think was part of it. It's like that we was were really test. yeah we were really pissed at each other, but that legitimately we're pissed at like you would be pissed at somebody you know a colleague a friend whatever, and then we get over it. We talk it we have we talked it out a couple times. Nothing like you know oh god I totally understand you Jim tell Tim you that was so no just like we've had a conversation about it. here's why I said what I said here's what uh, here's why I asked that question, and I think that is. Maybe not now anymore. But, I mean, we still have contact. He's not doing the podcast, which is fine. As Josh Dubow, the Michigan grad, always points out, Harbaugh started going to CFP after he started, stopped doing my podcast every year. And I think Jim probably has that recognition. And given what's going on with Michigan now, we may not be doing a podcast. Is he's coming back to the NFL next year? I would think? think. I would think. I think a lot of people think that. I've been thinking that for a while now. He's had interest, obviously. I don't want to, you know, it's not aggregated reporting. This is just my thought of where. He hadn't stayed this long anywhere before. I do think he wants to win a Super Bowl. I thought he, even when he went to Michigan, I think he was still thinking, I want to win a Super Bowl. John won a Super Bowl, beating him. I don't know that Jim, like, this is all part of the competitive level. It's still the highest level. I think he's got, you know, five to seven good years left in him. If he wins, I have thought this before, this whole spying scandal and everything, if he won a CFP. If he won a national championship, he was going to go to the NFL. I just, and this might be his best team. We'll see if where this guy's spying scandal takes him. But Harbaugh kind of is my back to this. Is kind of my you know er interview. Like when they said the, the quintessential big time guy, swagger guy, doesn't always seem to get along with everybody. But at some point, he wants to sit down with me and. I think I've, you know, the Shanahan is is more like Harbaugh than people think. Like he's got his rough edges. He's much more sociable. He's not as, you know, aggressive. Uh, he's not as loopy sometimes. But he, like, they like each other. There's no question. That was the beginning of, I think, part of the thaw of Harbaugh's relationship was Shanahan gets up at the intro presser and praises Jim Harbaugh. You do not, you did not do that for four years there, whatever it was. Um, and he did it, and Harbaugh liked it. Harbaugh texted me, and he liked it. Does that so, does that does that leave the 49ers someday somehow susceptible to a fracture? Yeah, I mean, I mean because Jim, that is you know part of the Jim story, the like driving, you said, is the hard it driving. eventually ends yeah. and ends in dramatic fashion. I don't know if that means Kyle and John Lynch or Kyle and the organization, but is that something you keep in the back of your yeah. mind or? I think Kyle is definitely a tempered version of Shannon, of uh, of of Harbaugh, but yeah, he presses them. There's no, I mean, I'll just say generally, he presses everybody. They talk about it. John kind of has to calm it down. And I think sometimes, if you read into John saying I might not do this a long time, it's because of how much he has to do to calm everybody. He had it like he's told me like sometimes he had to come down there multiple times on Sala and. And, and Shanahan were ready to go at not, you know, not fight, but they were not getting along because Kyle, like he is on these guys and on the players. But I think the players respect that. Might that not last 20 years? Yeah, I think he's Bob Myers. Who? Kyle Lynch. 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 Oh, Bob no Myers. question. That's why he and Myers like each other so, so much. So Kyle is Draymond. He's <laughs> something like that. Or like him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I might have joked with some people. I did that big story about how the 49ers and Warriors like each other so much and how Lynch and Myers are very equivalent parties in this. Um, and I was asking some of them, 
probably whose names are John Lynch and Bob Myers. Like, so who's who's the lake up here? And on the 49ers, and like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, there's some names thrown out there, but it's not. But Kyle, it's Kyle. You know? so, so it's Kyle and Shane, Kyle and Lake of, are pretty. You know, again, there's no direct equivalencies, but I think there's the pushing personalities. The, the and Myers and Lynch are very, very similar. And yeah, we saw Bob have enough of it after whatever it was, ten years, no, twelve years. Um, I don't know that John exactly going to be 12 years, but yeah, he's the one who's going to go first. And then it's going to be really important, whether it's Adam Peters, probably will be Adam Peters, or someone else who takes that role because Kyle runs hot. That's what, I mean, John says it all the time, Kyle runs hot. Uh, but I like that. Like, those are the people I like. I like the authentic people. I like the people who aren't just doing it for the media praise uh, maybe that gets praise from me. So I, mean, I don't know, but um, I like that. And I, there was somebody I was trying to forget. Somebody was bringing. Oh, Chris Paul. I bring that up. Another one. He's not gonna be the nicest guy in the world. Doesn't want to be. He wants to win, and he wants to win it. You know, in a way that he see, that fits his vision. And I like that. You know, Draymond. Yeah, but can he do that to Draymond or to Steph? We'll see. Yeah, no, that's it's all gonna be adjustments within that. But he's also going to be true to himself, and he isn't going to back down. And, and so much of sports is who's going to back down and who's not. Uh, and maybe old-time sports writers wrote about that too much, and the newfangled analytics don't write about it at all. I'm maybe more leaning towards the old style. Like It's not just about X's and O's and exit velocity and you know whatever. I, and God knows I use analytics. But some of it is, and the players think, think this, when I looked you in the face and you took a step backwards, I win. And Chris Paul's like that. Mm-hmm. And Draymond's like that. And not to bash Jordan Poole, which I tend to do anyway, but he was kind of look away guy. Look away. Eh, you know, maybe, maybe I talk to you, maybe I don't. Maybe I make a funny little joke and then I walk away. And that ain't Chris Paul. And it's such a difference. I haven't talked to Chris very much. I hope to. But I like it. I like that directness. Sometimes you can have too much of it. And he, again, he and Draymond sitting opposite sides of that locker room is going to be really interesting. But they both really want to win. And they both want everyone else to understand what it takes to win. So that stuff, I, I just, I, I really work with that, that those ideas. Um, you made me think about when you're talking about Kyle, just lighting people up. You covered Kobe. Mm-hmm. And after Kobe died, everybody had Mamba mentality, which... Of course they didn't, because Mamba mentality is a one percenter, one percenter, who one, happens to be incredibly talented, one percenter thing, yeah, yeah. who happens to be incredibly talented. Um, is there a comment you mentioned, Chris Paul? Same thing. Like, I'm. I don't. It sounds like a crazy question, Tim, to say. Does do you think Kyle Shanahan has Mamba <laughs> mentality? Right. That's. But he's a coach, not a player. But who have you seen that reaches the level of? Who have you covered here that reaches the level of? Mom, Bumgarner that reaches the level yeah, of Bum- Mama I'd say, mentality. Again, maybe a misunderstood thing about Curry. So he's got it. Did you see him against Dylan Brooks? Uh, yeah. We record, we're recording this the, the day after. He is talking to him. Like one of the great smack talkers in the league, Dylan Brooks. And Steph is like talking to him constantly. And then doing the scream, you know, pose after he cooks him. He's a killer. And Curtis mentioned this in the past. And I think Mark Jackson, like, you know, he looks like a nice, and he is a really great guy. 
He is a fucking killer on the basketball court. It doesn't always manifest in that stuff, but he wants to kill people uh, it, in, in a different way than Kobe did or whatever. But I think Steph, you know, quietly and maybe not so quietly is that kind of guy. Bumgarner for sure. He was a different kind of dude, but man, he wanted the ball. Just give me the ball. You want to win? Then you're going to pitch me. That's And that stuff I identify with. I didn't get along with Bumgarner very much. So I don't have, you know, but... He somehow because he, why you didn't finish know. that sentence? I, yeah, I don't know why. I, I tried to talk to him and he was kind of walk away from me a little bit. I did a story on the Giants' southern, you know, all their southern players, PV and Hudson, uh, Vogel song a little bit, and Posey. There really was a southern twang to that. Bochi kind of he'd been all over, but he he speaks like a southerner, certainly acts like a southerner. And Bumgarner was the guy, and he didn't want to talk. To, like walked away from me. Like it was not and like this is weird and. He just kind of had that mood. He just had that mood about me. Fine. There's there's other people who had that mood. That's cool. Um, we can Debo and Barry Zito. And there's a there's a Jordan Poole. There's a list Debo doesn't talk to you. Not too much. No. Uh, is there a reason why? I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think he talks to a lot of people really. And that's cool. I have. I mean, I wrote about him. He's a leader of that franchise. He's a leader in that locker room. That's unquestioned. I'm not. I will never ever throw a doubt on that. He just doesn't talk to me. Um, I've tried. It's not happening. Um, I think McCaffrey, like in his own way, he's a killer. Like you see the way he runs the ball. He's a killer. Um, trying to think others. Let's see here. Like back to my, like UCLA, Ed O'Bannon a little bit. Like that was a guy, diff- very different way. But like, I, if he had to break his leg, and he practically did to try to win a game, he was going to do it. Um, and that one of the great guys I've ever covered. There's no question that 95, I'll keep going. The 95 UCLA basketball team was my the most fun year I've ever covered. Um, great guys, talkative guys. Coach Jim Herrick was goofy to deal with. The assistants were Lorenzo Romar, Mark Gottfried, and Steve Lavin. It's like, um, like you could go anywhere and get pictures. Chris Johnson was like the eighth man. Incredible talk. Like these guys were unbelievable. It was a kind of a, I mean, I'm not saying it, you know, it made me, but it was. It felt like this is what I was supposed to do when I was covering that team. Other than the Eagles and Buddy Ryan and Randall Cunningham were part of that too. But that 95 team was just like, this is sports. They didn't have a lot of other crap with it. It was just, they're just going for it. They had to go for a couple seniors. Uh, Herrick may or may not have gotten fired if they don't win that. There was all these crazy things going on. And a you know, walk-on on that team. Little Bob Myers was on that team. Uh, so... That was all these sides. I've told people, I think like the NBA runs through UCLA. Like the agents are at UCLA. The players all work out at UCLA. You don't have to go to UCLA. Everything comes out of UCLA. Uh, and Wasserman Center. Wasserman. I mean, yeah, it's such an interesting, because it's where it is. Westwood, the agents are all on, in West LA. The workouts are, you know, the Warriors are basically based in LA in the off season because Lakeup goes down there. Myers used to, well, maybe, I don't know if Dunleavy's going to, but Myers used to. Kerr's in San Diego. Um, the UCLA thing, I met Arn Tellum there, you know, got very friendly with Arn Tellum. It just was very good way to, to do it before you cover the NBA. Kobe, I knew Kobe a little bit because he worked out of UCLA. Um, very foundational for me, at least, the way I looked at sports, the way, when everything goes right. Yeah. That was when everything goes right. I always thought it was that Philly must have been. Philly was real. I mean, that's when I was young. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Come at it with attitude. I was, but that was, that was foundation because I was the same age of these players. I was younger than the players. So I was hanging out with Randall and Quick and Reggie, you know, 
in in a in a, almost like a not peer I'm right or their place but like we communicated like we were peers and buddy treated me like I was some young player hanger whatever so like he liked me so I'm playing racquetball with buddy Ryan I'm 22 years old like it was wild uh on the radio every week in Philly so they, yeah you had to come I'll tell these stories. I told like I'd order pizza and the guy would say, okay, what's your name, Tim? Yay, yeah, Timmy, what do you want to do, Eagles? Timmy, what, oh yeah, I didn't like that story you wrote. Like, uh, can I just get a you know, pepperoni on yeah, that yeah. pizza, please? So it really made you come forward. You had to come forward there. Uh, it puts pressure on every column. Yeah, like I know everyone's going to, you know, yeah. everyone. And that's like one thing I do think about old media and hopefully some of the new media is the difference between the big time guys and the non-big time guys or when you write it, you know the locker room is reading it. Some people write, and you know who well, who cares? Like, or if they read it, whatever. If I write something on the Warriors, I'm going to walk in that locker room, and they know I wrote it, and that's fine. I have to answer for it or not. Same with 49ers, same which I like. That is a big difference, uh, and I like it, but it is very different. Have than- you ever written anything you walked in the locker room and you regret it? Not because you were intimidated, not because somebody yelled at you, but because you thought. You were wrong. Yeah, quickly. the Durant. That, that's it was you know when right before he tore his Achilles, I wrote there were questions because remember he was skipping, he was, he was coming back from the calf injury, seemed to be going on too long. There were there were definitely people around the Warriors who thought he was taking too long. It was that whole thing he was going to leave as he checked out. We're in the freaking finals, so I kind of wrote it too far. Like I wrote like where is he? Everyone's questioning, you know, and and maybe this isn't just the the player. Whatever I said. I was okay with writing it, but then when he tears his Achilles the next day, it looked horrible. I got destroyed for it. I never said I should Like on get Twitter destroyed. or like really people, people who people matter right. to yeah. you? No, I mean, people out, you know, whatever. You have the press media critics, and that's yeah, yeah. fine. Uh, even some people in the profession, and that's okay. I respect it. I went too far. I said it. I absolutely went too far. Um, then, yeah, I heard a little bit about it in the locker room, but not, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't want to go too far on this, but they were not disagreeing with the point. It just, the circumstances happened where I went too far, and I have no problem with that. And I get it, and I will say, like, nobody said anything to me, but they also knew that I was like, hey, I was wrong. I said that. So that was okay. I, it was uncomfortable for a little bit. I am not really, Kevin and I have had it out privately uh, but not about that. I I will say I think I've said this. I apologized to him. I said I mean, he, we had gotten personal. We had in the last few weeks. Like he was not good with me, and I was not good with him. But I knew like it was because he was not good with a lot of people. But me being me, I like I'm not going to duck from this. I'm going to jump into this. So we had private exchanges through that, and I do think some of my you know, our back and forth led me to push it too far. And I told him that, uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't say much, but he didn't, he stopped, he kept talking to me. Um, I didn't, haven't really chatted with him, but I think we're okay. Um, and I've said that, but I think that was also from what I was hearing from a lot. Again, it wasn't out of nowhere, but I did push it too far. So there's no question. Again, nobody said anything at the moment. Kevin has certainly said things to me in the past in the past that he didn't like um but that's okay like he didn't like a question i asked him in the press conference and he let me hear it like blasting me in the locker room okay but 
I asked the question. That's okay. I'm, I'm responsible for that. I do feel like questions need to be asked in the press conferences. Like a lot of people don't ask questions in press conferences because they, they want it to the side. I get it. It's certainly smart for content. But I do think there's a responsibility to have these guys be at a podium, get asked the questions. If, you know, like I ask the first question a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. Just because I think we've got to get going with this. Like I don't want them sitting there and people are too shy to ask anything. Like let's go. And sometimes I feel like I burn that first question in the finals or something and then the microphone never comes back to me because like, I'm just trying to get them talking, right? I'm not going to ask, why did you substitute Draymond out with three minutes left? But if I have to, I will. Uh, that one time, I just wanted to get Kevin going, and he did not like it. And man, that was the beginning. Like it really got like when he was smoking Ethan, he was smoking me too. Um, just didn't say my name publicly. Oh, but that's okay. We had we had it out, and we've had it out over interesting different things you wouldn't even think we're gonna had it out over like stuff I've written about football, and that's cool. Like, we used to have we had a really good relationship. That's part of he felt like. We had a good relationship. Why did I do this? And I told him, like, you were distancing yourself from the team, from me, from staff, from Draymond, everybody. I just happened to, you know, write it in a certain way that I probably went too far on. Uh, but, like, he wants to talk about football. He wants to talk about everything. Like, he was a fascinating conversation. Uh, of all the people, it used to be like a little, like, salon there, you know, his locker after games, even before games. And I was right there in there. So, and he's every right to be pissed at me. That's, I'm not saying anything about that. It was just a real relationship where I wrote one thing at a time that I should not have written. I should have known. And he did come back and for, you know, 48 hours, it wasn't pleasant way it goes. Uh, life in the big city. And, you know, I definitely had it out with him. Definitely talked to him about it. And I've talked to a few other people. Nobody was you know, again, they weren't shouting at me. They kind of like understood, like they could have done the same thing. Like literally, that kind of was the feeling. Like, yeah, that was some of these things are. But you, somebody didn't. just said out loud what some people. Yeah, were. and I went a little bit further. Okay, uh, and that's okay. But that was that's the time, when you asked me. That's the time that I really felt like uh, that was the case. Oh, you know, there was a, the whole Raiders thing where I wrote about. John Herrera passing out negative columns about Lane Kiffin while Kiffin was the coach of the Raiders. Interesting that the team would do that, and then he went screaming at me. That was, that, we don't need to go and got fired eight days later. Uh, Lane, Herrera. yeah, not no, no Herrera or, was, or uh, Lane. Yeah, Lane got fired like yeah the next weekend. Yeah. Uh, Herrera stayed around there, but yeah, he he also got fired. But uh, that that's a whole that was a whole Raider weirdo. That one happened to be recorded and <laughs> yeah, it's like video on video. video. Yeah. I did. I called my boss afterwards. I was like. If you ever want evidence of how I hold up when some idiot is screaming at me, you now have video evidence. It's right there. All right. We've talked longer than you wanted to talk. It's okay. Um, it's but I have a, a few things to, maybe we can quickly. Sure. sure. Right? Uh, you've mentioned Ethan a few times, mm -hmm. who I subscribe to his Substack. Do you think you would go to Substack? Do you think Substack is a long-term sustainable model? I think it's a model for certain people. Certainly Ethan's really found something there. Um, John Canzano, who he wrote Canzano, about. absolutely. Like, there's, and, and, and am I that? I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss my blog. I can't write like that at the Athletic. And I, so a few people have said, "Yes, you could." I don't think so. I don't think it would fit. If I could find somewhere where I could do that, I think it would be really interesting. I don't know if that Substack. I think Substack is works. What I worry about is Substack fatigue. How many of these? How many can you get? Like, I've got three, I think. Stein, Canzano, and Ethan, maybe more. Oh, Dan Pfeiffer, the political writer. So I got four. Well, that's 
adding up there, right? I mean, um, like if they could put Substack on, like here, here, you get six of them at this discount price, and we put them all up on, you know, like you know, make yeah, it feel like a here's pick. a tier. Yeah, you yeah. get one tier, one pick, yeah. one and tier, here's two here pick. they are right yeah, there, yeah. and and you don't have to. They're not just emails. I don't know. I'm I've tried to talk to Ethan about it, but. He's not running Substack, <laughs> other than sometimes in my head I think he is. <laughs> so uh, I, I know I, something like Substack I think could be. I just missed the blog guy. I mean, that so was, where does that go? Is the question? The Athletic yeah. won't give you space to just they don't blog. want it. They don't want that's they're just they're too buttoned down for that. Yeah. And they've been buttoned down. Unfortunately, they've been buttoned down from the almost very beginning. Not the higher ups. It's other people, and that's okay. They want it to look like a certain like Sports Illustrated. That's what's what they want to. That's great. I don't know that. And, and you're right. Every writer shouldn't be doing it. I think I could. That's all right. Um, if I could find a way, and yeah, if anyone's listening to this and has a way to do that, <laughs> I would be really interested in the freedom of that. It was free. It really was the best of what I do. The 25 fireable offenses of Robert Rowell, I will never top that. I don't think anything will be read more than that. It was perfect. It just went long. Wait, what blog was that? Yeah, I wrote on my own blog, the 25 fireball offenses of Robert Rowell. And when he was still like very powerful Warriors president, and I just listed them off. And you look it up. It's still there. Uh, what year was this? This would, Oh, God. Now I'm trying to... This would have been like 09, okay. 10, right in the Stephen Jackson stuff. Yeah. Monte Ellis, all that. Then we're freezing out Mullen. It was all right in there. It was... Me at war with the Warriors. No question. You want to go find me at war with the Warriors? That's when it was. He was the president, all-powerful, and I did 25 fireable offenses at Robert Rob. That would They would never run that at the Athletic. That would never happen at the Athletic. Uh, and that's fine. That's not who they are. I kind of am that person. So, or my, you know, my battles with Jed, I don't, you might not even remember him. I mean, it's during the whole post-Harbaugh stuff. It was, oh, I remember. Yeah, it was... You did or you did not end up at the French Laundry? Oh, well, yeah, we did. did I too. freaking paid $2,400 for that. <laughs> uh, it was unbelievable. Oh, Shanahan is the guy who loves that story more than anybody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, um, but that's okay. I'm, as I said, I'm a pretty good wartime conciliator. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll, so, I'll go through this, but yeah. That's, so, well, your battle with the Warriors continued into Joe Lacob's early yeah, tenure. I mean, yeah, actually, you know... He was reading my blog. He said, told me that. So we actually got along okay. We'd argue. Like David Lee, I mean, we'd have really loud arguments in public about David Lee. And my opinion was that he wasn't very good. His opinion was he was great. Um, we still have arguments. He's That's who he is. But again, I kind of like those guys. Yeah. You know, I don't love the text message chain at 5 a.m. right after I write a column. But that's okay. It's just right. I'm not. I got people who text me during games. So I, you know, it's like, I'd rather you didn't do that. But it's okay. Um, so it wasn't a battle. It was more, uh, he's it, it, the Raul Cohan thing was really just the, the essence of it. Uh, and then once that changed, it, it was okay with Lake and then it got to be pretty good. Myers like that. I, once they hired Myers, I understood everything they were doing. Like they clearly could still make mistakes, but I understand everything they were doing. And, I was, I was pretty early on the Curry thing, right? I mean, it was like, Curry or Monte, are you kidding me? It's like, that's, I didn't think Curry was going to be this, but it wasn't even questioned. Like, there was, Joe Lacob was a Monte Ellis guy. Yeah. He admits that. It's like, it's not even close. Like, you can't, that's not possible. Jerry West, oh, that's, that probably was, there you go. There's a difference. Because I was close to Jerry from the Lakers. 
another person who screamed at me, probably more than anybody other than my parents. Uh, but that's okay. Like, I would scream back at you. I would have screaming irons with Jerry West. No question. But him coming in after they brought Myers, it was just like, I get this team now. I get what they're doing. Might not work, but these things are logical. Yeah. And that's where... I thought everything started to turn where my coverage started to turn and obviously where the fortunes of the franchise started to turn. Joe, the reason I brought up Joe though, because one of the questions I did want to ask you today, what does the post, what does the end of the Curry Clay Draymond era look like? And then what, what, what does Lakeup do post that era? So it's hard to answer quickly, yeah. but that, you know, what's in that question is, is Clay back? How many more prime years does Curry have left? And how does Lakeup handle that? It's how he handles it. It's already changed because they think they, they kind of thought it was going to be over by now. And Steph has just continued to be great. And I don't, they weren't going to go away from Steph, but they were probably thought they were going to go down a little bit as a franchise. Maybe they have, we'll see. I think they're, they're very good. They would never have made a Chris Paul trade like in their minds envision They would do that three years ago. Never. Cause it wasn't going to be worth it. Well, Steph's good enough that it's worth it. Draymond's still good enough. That's worth it. Um, they wouldn't have gone, you know, they, they get, they added 14 years, Jordan Poole 24, Chris Paul 38. And, and that's because Steph's, so this is extending. So it changes. I was thinking of that watching Kaminga, uh, recently, like that is the guy, like, I don't know that he's even going to be an all-star. We'll see maybe, but when you think about life after Steph, they want him I mean, he's got to be as good as they thought Wiseman was, right? That that's what he's got to be, and he could be. I mean, he's clearly better than Wiseman. We'll see how good he gets. But they, the idea, this whole two timeline thing, which now Joe kind of blames me for, which is fine. I think he said it first, but that's all fine. Um, was these young guys help out Steph? They like got him one title. There's no one title did happen, twenty two, and then. They become the dominant players whenever the Steph thing begins to, to ebb a little bit. It's Kaminga. It's clearly Kaminga. I don't think that you know he's not Curry. You might never get another Curry. What's going to happen? I think is Joe Legub is going to you know they've already finagled away to try to get a forty million dollar player. Like they can try to get one now because they have the Chris Paul contract. They're going to try to get another great player. I don't. I mean, they're always under the. They were doing that when they had Steph, right? It was when Kevin Durant. Before that, they were aiming to see if they get Anthony Davis. Like the, this is what they do. They're going to try to get somebody, and they're going to say, "Look at what we did here. You want to be part of this? We're going to win." Uh, I don't know who it is. I mean, I'm sure Giannis, MB. We can talk about all those guys. I don't know how that all fits. It may not may not be able to do it in this window if you're still pressing for. It would not be James Harden. <laughs> it would not be James Harden. Uh, some fans are like, hey, how about resigning James Wiseman? I go, no, it's not going to be James Wiseman. Um, I don't know. I don't think they know. Is they, Clay back? I think Clay's back, yeah. I mean, if he's good, the Warriors will pay him a lot. If he's not good, the Warriors will still pay him. Like, it could it could it mean the end of it? Yes, it could. Anything could. I just think he's, he sees so much value from staying here. They're going to pay him. It's going to take, you know, listen, Steve Kerr's not resigned yet. So Joe Lakeham negotiates. Like, that's what he does. But I think they're back. It's just a, a, the number is becomes, here's, I haven't written this yet. Say they want to bring out Chris Paul, though. Like, say this really works. That reduces the clay number. It does, because they're getting out of the second apron. That's happening. So we'll see. We'll see where the sliding scale is. But is somebody really going to say, hey, here's 
four years, $150 million, Clay? Is somebody really? I mean, right. I don't want to be mean to Clay. And I know national guys sure think this is happening. And maybe it does. But I've heard this before. And they never leave. Like, the guys they want to keep, they keep. They dream on. He could be out Houston. He go, no. Like, that was me. Even the dream was like, no. But he's more valuable here. If Steph wants him here, the Warriors will pay the dollar. They're not going to pay $30 million on top of the dollar. But they'll pay the dollar. Yeah. And it could get sour, clay, could whatever. That's possible. But I think he's back on a three-year deal, a matching deal to Curry. And or, or I think Draymond's one more year. So maybe matching deal to, to, to Draymond. Kerr comes back, matching deal to, to, to that timeline. And then they see what they got at Kaminga. And listen, they're not, they're not, it's not a question they trade somebody else. They could trade Wiggins. They could trade Chris Paul. They could, they could, they could do those things to get that next rate guy. I don't know that's what gets them the next rate guy. But in Lakeup's mind, it's ride this out. Kaminga's the centerpiece player in four years. Then you need another great player. You know, Okay, I still have two more questions for you, Tim. <laughs> this is going to be just, a really long podcast. I know. You can cut it in half. That's okay. You, no, just, brought like, up, you yeah. just brought up something that I don't think is getting t- Steve Kerr's contract. Mm-hmm. Monty Williams yeah. <laughs> has a six-year, $78 million contract. That's $13 million a year. If I think you, it's more than that. I think it's, it's more than that. It's more than 78? Yeah, I think it's 17 a year. It's seventeen a year. I heard it's seventeen a year. Yeah. Okay, so what was reported was thirteen. But okay, if it's maybe, 17, maybe it's okay. Let's but different. Say it's fifteen. Let's say it's fifteen. If you're Steve Kerr, you cannot work for less than Monty Williams is getting paid. And and it's not one of these like, well, Miles Garrett is great, but my contract is up, so I need two million dollars. You know, a dollar more than Miles Garrett. Steve Kerr's next contract ask. Who's his agent? Uh, which we call Tannenbaum. Oh, he's still okay. Still, yeah. yeah. Still, even as yes, even might as be, might, no, it might be Barlstein, might be Barlstein. Okay, yeah, Bar- it's, that, it's, that, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. that group. It's okay. that group. So I think of them all because they all right, be right, right, right. So his contract request has to be what well, you know what makes sense, Steph. You know, let's just kind of keep it near three or sixty million dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd say that. Would the Knicks? Would somebody else pay it? I mean, that's really the contract that. Yep. I think Steve wants because he's to, the guy yeah. that would get the max somewhere else. No question. Quote unquote. And. Joe Lacob, that's the one thing he learned about Lacob is he knows he's going to have to pay that number, but he's not going to he's not going to offer it till he has to, and he doesn't have to. So maybe they're offering him sixteen right now, whatever the number is. And you're right, if Steve doesn't need to, like he's he's got things going on here. I think Steve wants to be here. I think he wants to coach Steph. Like what is it? Does he like you go chase money? You go coach? It won't be the Knicks, right? But like you go to Orlando and you go. 30 and 52 for three years like does he want to do that uh, maybe he'd do better but i think it works for him to coach Steph. they just have to get to the number i think it's sort of similar to clay uh and there's nobody that who could replace steve kerr here i mean i mean luke walton mike brown whatever but it's it's steve kerr that's who steph wants pretty important that's who steph wants and you just there's no luxury tax on coaching salaries he, he stabilizes so much with they've already lost bob you lose Bob and Steve, it would be something that number 30 would not like. Uh, Donnelly V is going to be fine, but he's not Bob yet. We'll see. you got to win a championship you know, to get that kind of respect. Uh, who's going to coach Draymond? <laughs> I mean, you got all those. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, we could go ahead and go co- coach Draymond. Um, I think he will resign. I don't know when. I don't think he minds it's up in the air. And we know, which I think Joe has offered a ton to Myers, right? He, there was no, he offered him an industry reshaping 
deal, but not till the very end. Like not till Bob had already decided to go. How much was it? I think it's twenty a year. Yeah. yeah. For I don't. Yeah, I don't three? know the term. But it was. I've heard it was every number you can think it was. It was okay. But it was kind of after Bob, and Bob, you know, could have changed Bob's mind if it was offered six months before. It, it would have made him think, but I think he was ready to go. I think he said that. Like, the money was going to be there. Bob understands. Lakeup doesn't come up with a dollar until he has to. That's just negotiating. I know a lot of people. I've negotiated with people like that. Um, and I think he'll do it for Steve. Probably earlier for Steve because I don't think he ever believed that Myers was going to go. And even though everyone around him said, hey, Bob's probably going to go here. Uh, I think Steve is shouldn't be a hard negotiation when it comes down. Whenever they're ready to do it. I think he's back for this. It would just be weird. I already said, I didn't think Bob was going to go because I didn't think he was going to leave Steph. I really don't think Steve's going to leave Steph as long as they pay the right dollar. And again, this is nothing to do with luxury tax. They make a lot of money. You know, they spend a lot of money, but they make a lot of money. They're worth a lot of money. And do you want to put the last years of the Steph Curry era in the hands of somebody you're not so sure? Even if it's Luke Walton, you don't know that that's going to work. Uh, and he's gotten fired twice before. So, and I love Luke. But if Mike Brown was available, maybe a different conversation, but he's not available. And even then, Steve Kerr is the guy that this thing was leveraged through. So I think he's back. That's just me. Again, if Lagup tries to pay him 12, then he ain't come back. But Lagup's, from what I understand on the Myers thing, and everyone knows the money's going to be there. And he did offer upwards of 20 to, to Myers at the end, at the end, not Maybe not when he had to, but at the end, and you come up with that kind of money for Steve Kerr, I think it's pretty safe so that he'll he'll come back. You were at the Bob Melvin press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob running through all the Japanese players he's coached was an interesting moment. Yep, managed um, and coach. And one of them was coach. Yeah. One of them was coach. Yeah. Um, can should will they have a reputation? You know, they're finishing second a lot. Um, the judge thing was probably never yeah. real from Aaron's standpoint, but you were on that one. I was on that one, and I was on it by praising you for being on it. Thank so. you. <laughs> um, can they? Should they? From a business standpoint and a baseball standpoint, pay Shohei Otani? They can pay him. Yes. Like part of this whole, I didn't go crazy on the Greg Johnson. Like it would be somewhat whatever what we want to be, you know, break even. You get Shohei Otani, you make money off of that. You don't like. You, Every additional fan who comes in is another eighty dollars. Like, just they get another million fans. That's eighty million dollars. Like, this is not hard math. This is Joe Lake math. You spend money to make money. You get Joe, you pay Shohei Otani sixty million dollars. You're not losing sixty million dollars. You are gaining money by this. So yes, I think they can get. I don't think they're, he's going to end up picking them, but I think they can pay him. What's they're ready to pay Korea three fifty? Like, you don't think they pay Shohei six hundred? I think they would. Don't think they're going to get him. Think someone else is going to pay him six hundred or whatever. The Why don't you? Don't think they'll get him because I don't think the Giants is the right spot for him. In my mind, I know there's Giants people who think that he is. I go, keep going back to he's going to be a hitter for most of the next two years and not a pitcher. Guess what? That's not a good ballpark to hit home runs in. Now Bonds did it, so maybe he thinks Bonds can do it. I'll be great. It'd be great to do it. Left-handed hitters do not hit home runs at, at uh, Oracle Park. It's a very tough place. He's never he's never hit very well like he's like oh for six or whatever it was you know not two games whatever it is but i think that might especially because he's not gonna pitch for a year and a half that i think he might like pitching there i don't know that he's gonna like hitting there and that lineup i he can i think he can feel like this might be like the angels here 
So that's my sensibility. I know the Giants, there's some Giants who think that it's different. I don't know. But I think they're going to get one of those guys. I do. I think they're really committed. They're going to pay huge money to one of those guys, Yamamoto, whoever. I don't know them well enough to know to be able to rank. But I think they are. People are, I think there are misunderstanding of what Greg Johnson said. He, they're going to pay. They, are, they, are, they were willing to pay for Correa. Because guess what? Winning got them a ton of money. They want to do that again. You can't just sit there and lie and, you know, lie around. I didn't mean lie. Lie around and say, you know what? 500 is just fine and nobody cares. Isn't that they, that's where they lose. Because you're always going to be at a certain amount of payroll. You ex- If you expand the payroll for the right player. Well, they're just saying they're not going to pay it for the wrong player. It's okay, Farhan. Pick the right player. And... This this thing they got money, the break even thing was again. I just I should have written about this. It was such a misnomer because they pay, let's say it's Yamamoto, they pay him thirty million a year. If they get five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand fans, and said forget about sponsorships, you'll be able to get forget about all us. That's forty million dollars, bang. Like that, and then it could be repeated. It could be repeated. I just think people are. I do think the Giants are. Largely thinking like that, if you do it right and you have to do it right, it's not losing money. You're, ga- you're actually gaining money by this. So uh, I think the worry about this is contrary to everything I've heard, everything they've said, everything Bob Melvin said. How many said, we got the resources, we got the resources, we got the resources. Now you bring Bob Melvin in and you're going to have this same team? No, they're going to they're really try to get somebody. Might finish second, we'll see. But I think... There are enough of those names out there, and they're going to have enough money to spend that they're going to be able to do this. And, and if they, or they got to trade into somebody because they got, now they have these guys. They're not all great young players, but they have them. Luciano should get you some, be able to get you something. Kyle Harrison could really get you something. Kyle Harrison could have got them uh, Murphy uh, over the offseason. But it's smart that they didn't do it because you got Patrick Bailey coming up. Like They can get into something like that. Uh, and... Um, I think they're going to. I think they the, the pressing need is to be better, because the last thing they need is a boring team in there again. That's that that's how this fails. So I think I would say Giants fans realize this, understand what they're really saying. And Greg Johnson, who is not used to, who may come on my podcast soon, hopefully, um, that he kind of misspoke a little. Because everybody, hey, Guy Haberman, would you like to make more money or, or make less money? Which one would you like? I'd prefer more, Tim. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Oh, my. Haberman now says that he's not going to restrict the budget. Haberman now is completely ignoring what the fans want. No. You, if you're good, you make more money. There you go. Pay Middlecoff more. Last question. What gets more clicks on the athletic website, Niners or Warriors? When the, when the 49ers are... I'm sorry. I shouldn't say this. When the Warriors are hot, it's Warriors. On a day-to-day basis, 365, it's 49ers. It's... They're a freaking juggernaut of media content. They just are. Um, when, but, you know, listen, a really good Warrior story kills. Absolutely. Marcus kills on, on, his, on his stuff. Slater, his piece, Chris Paul, talk to Chris Paul about the meeting they had, about understanding what the roles are. He's, you know, it's just, it's, I'm sure it's going to go through the roof. Stuff I do when it's really good, through the roof. But on a day-to-day basis, just like a normal good story, 49ers. Well, 49ers quarterbacks. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I'm sure you know this, but uh, 49ers is still 
the meat of this NFL. Like just so much to talk about because it's one game a week, and we talk about it, and then one game a week, and then we talk about it. Uh, trade deadline, all these things. Look, what I'm starting a four nine er show. Like I, there's, it's there. There's so much grist. There's so much like 53 guys to talk about. Obviously, starting with the quarterback. Kyle's so fascinating. Um, Warriors when it's hot is is the biggest thing, but because it's Curry. When if it's not Curry, it's big. But 49ers is bigger than anything non-Curry. I mean, I'll put it that way. 49ers is bigger than anything non-Curry. That's pretty. That's a big deal, right? Curry is a whole entity of him, of himself. But there's so much heat with 49ers. I can just tell. That's where I am. I, I'm interested, obviously, in both. No question. But on a daily basis, I think 49ers is a little bit larger. Anything I didn't ask you about on your own show? No, I think we did plenty. Did we cover everything? Yeah, we did plenty. Well, I'll just say that the North and South thing is, is, is close to my heart because it was my idea. I picked Dylan, and I just think the conversation between the Bay Area and L.A. is it's just always connected. Think about it. Steve Kerr, L.A., grew up in L.A., is up here. Fascinating on both sides. Bob Myers, UCLA guy, grew up here, went run the Warriors. It's just I run into these people, and they're fascinated by the other town. Like everywhere I go, I used to work in LA. I was the Bay Area, the the Dodgers, Giants, Warriors, Lakers, the playoffs. It just is. It you just, grew up a Raider fan. They were in both places. <laughs> I did grow up a Raider fan when I was very young. Absolutely. Uh, it just. I think this is a natural. We'll see. Uh, in, in a chatty, informed way, and I'm just interested in those weird teams down there. The Chargers, the UCLA basketball. Like I. I maybe because I live down there and work down there, but and, and I know LA are fascinated by the Warriors, by some of the you know they know Farhan. Uh, I have high hopes for this. I have solid expectations. We'll see how it does. But um, I brought it up to a few people, one of them being the coach of the Warriors, and I'm like, God, that's a great idea. Now we'll see. I got to do it. Dylan and I could screw it up, but that one to me has the most open field. There just isn't anything like it, and I just I think Dylan and I could do a pretty good job discussing and kind of running through that open field. So we'll see. All right, uh, to your show, so you can end it. All right, everybody, that's the uh, long, long intro, went way longer than. I, well, how long do we go, Haberman? Well, you're gonna edit this, or no? Right I now, it says an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> hour and ten minutes. I said twenty-five minutes. 30 minutes Which I knew there was no way. Yeah, was, know, you you named seventeen different things we had to do, so I knew there was no way we were covering it. Well, I thank you, guy. Minutes. I appreciate the guest, and this is a this is a unique episode. Uh, maybe we should have more unique episodes. It's pretty cool, uh, and uh, I appreciate you opening up my my second floor studio. Just guy just came in here and just made this into a studio. Yeah, and uh, all you had to do was promise me. Dinner at French Laundry. No, no, that is not I exactly can't wait. exactly uh, tickets to Hamilton. What the hell? Where are we going here? Uh, that show's closed here, Tim. It's <laughs> French Laundry for me. I am buying Guy lunch. That's what we're doing. His choice. But uh, thank you so much, Guy. This is something I'm pretty excited. You can probably tell. I'm pretty excited about getting into the Haberman Middlecoff podcast, the whole universe. I think you have to. I think it can't be with all media. I think you do have to go into podcast media. And, and we'll see where we go with this. Thanks so much. That's the show for today, everybody.